The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Well, hello, welcome, glad you're here. WTMJ Nights, big show, want you to get involved. It's always more fun that way, 855-616-1620. That is the old National Bank talking text line. If you call in, you'll be talking to Matt. He's bro- he's the executive producer of the big broadcast tonight. So be nice to him. You get to me. And if you want to text us, why not start with our text question of the night? Have you started your Christmas shopping yet? If so, are you done? 855-616-1620. I know it's still a few weeks away, but uh, people are telling me they're already done. They've been shopping forever. Oh, it's all set. I mean, I just, I just over the weekend got the house all finished, inside and out. So the house is done. That, to me, is the major hurdle of Christmas. Now we've got to turn our minds to shopping uh, and trying to figure out what do people want. My wife and I are... I never want anything for Christmas because really there's... The things that I really want, and maybe you're in this position too, the things I really want, either I can't afford or I just get during the year, you know? So it's hard when they say, what, what do you want for Christmas? I, I want nothing, nothing for Christmas. So, and my wife's the same way. She's like, I don't want anything this year. And I'm like, I'm not that dumb. Um, you can't do, because, you. oh, we're saving up for a trip. I'm like, yeah, that's great. That's, uh, I'm happy that that's what we're planning. But uh, I'm not going to risk a Christmas morning with nothing because I know she's not going to she's not going to adhere to that. She's not going to show up Christmas morning with nothing for me. So I can't do it with her. But uh, that is the that is the text question tonight. Have you finished your have you started your Christmas shopping? And if so, are you done? Matt, it seems like it's been forever. You were uh, you were missing in action last week. You had taken some time. You were away. You were doing probably sports related business. How are you? I am doing well. A lot of sports-related business over the last couple of weeks. I think the last show we had together was, what, the week before Thanksgiving, if I'm not mistaken? I think so, yeah. So yeah. What, any any big notable sports business? Nothing too notable. Putting miles on the car, driving around, doing some college games around uh, the Chicagoland area, central Illinois, a uh, couple up here in Wisconsin. So uh, it's been good. A couple of uh, strong finishes had... a. One come down to the last 10 seconds between Illinois Wesleyan and Wisconsin Whitewater. That was uh, the week before Thanksgiving. So I think just after we had our last show, I'm not entirely sure. Everything blends together nowadays. But, uh, yeah, so it's been a very eventful uh, couple weeks. The Bucks go into the in-season tournament semis tomorrow afternoon, I should say. It's afternoon basketball. It's not natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's even earlier. I mean, it's in Vegas, so it's two hours what, what's it starting here? 4.30, I think? So that's, what, 2.30 in Vegas? Yeah, I think it's a 2 o'clock tip in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, uh, so, yeah, tomorrow uh, tomorrow the schedule is all screwy. We were going to be here, but now there's the game. And then Justin's going to do um, his Bucks postgame show and then Brewers Weekly tomorrow. So there's um, that uh, big sports day on WTMJ tomorrow. But uh, tonight we are back to full strength, three hours. You heard it. Uh, we're here till 9 o'clock, and... Um, couldn't be happier. Brandon Snide will join us after 7. It is Tundra Talk. Oh, my goodness. The fortunes of the Packers, 180 degrees from what they were a month ago. I got to do, 
I got to do the splits of when we have a show versus when we don't have a show and do Tundra Talk. Wait, what? What about when uh, I produce Tundra Talk? I got to see what the Packers record is the next week. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because I believe this might have been their first win, if I'm not mistaken. I got to see. I got to do the splits. We we talked about, uh, well, we didn't talk before the Chiefs. We talked after they beat the Chargers. We talked after they beat the, uh, didn't they beat the Lions too? Yeah. The second so time, yes. six and six now. This is crazy. Where a month ago, everybody was, oh, everybody's all panicked. Mm, not so panicky, not so panicky anymore. So Brendan's been keeping his eye on that. We're going to get to that. Uh, our text question tonight, like I said, have you started your Christmas shopping? If so, are you finished? From the 414, I'm finished with Christmas shopping but it's possible that I might succumb, succumb to further temptation and buy more for others or myself. That's, that's the other part of it. If you're done too early, like I, I don't know how everybody works. For me, I always set a budget for myself of what I'm going to spend um, for my wife. Now, for our daughter, I, I'm involved after the fact. Like, I'm told what we're getting our daughter, and my wife handles it. So I wrap it, and I help hand it to her, but I don't really, I'm not really involved in much unless I come up with a very unique idea myself. But um, if you're done too early, there's always the chance that you're going to blow your budget by finding something else. I used to be one of these very last-minute guys. I'm not that way anymore, but... Um, I'm trying. I'm still. I haven't bought anything yet. I have. I have an idea. Let me ask you this: um, For years, when my when my daughter was a child, obviously, when when children are very young, obviously, the parents, um, you know, get something for them to give to the other parent. Like I would help my daughter find gifts to give to my wife, as you know, like they were from her. And then when she got into high school. I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'll, I, obviously I'm buying the presents, but I knew she had money squirreled away. So I would ask her to give me like 10 bucks at first. All right, why don't you give me $10 toward mom's presents? And at first she was like, well, why? I go, well, because they're presents from you, so you should, you know, you should contribute. So she would learn what it meant to buy somebody a gift or to sacrifice a little of yourself to give to somebody else. And then... As she got a little older, you know, I think I think it got up to 20 bucks. Now she's out of college, but she still wants to do presents together, like for my wife. So it's always, and it always starts way before Thanksgiving. What are we getting mom? I'm like, I don't know. You're an adult. <laughs> Why don't you just get mom presents? No, I want to get us stuff together. So I still do that. Uh, you don't do that for your, uh, you don't do that with your brother, do you, Matt? No. Like team up? It would be more of a birthday thing, not so much a holiday thing. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, now she's, now, I mean, it's not a financial thing anymore because she, you know, she more than pulls her weight. But it's, it, like this year, I was like, don't you want to just give mom stuff that you picked out yourself? Because she ends up picking out most of it anyway. And then I just go, yes, or I say yes or no. And I, you know, then I Venmo her the cash. That's the optimal way to do it. I guess. But now, like, now for the first time ever, she's not going to be here for Christmas. This is a whole thing. 
Uh, I need to talk to some parents who've gone through this. I have not gone through this yet. For 27 years, my daughter has been with us on Christmas. And this year, she was invited to go to her boyfriend's in State College, Pennsylvania, home of the Nittany Lions. Um, His parents invited her. Her boyfriend was hesitant to ask because he didn't want her to miss out on anything, you know, here for Christmas with the family. But she asked my wife, would we be upset? And I'm not upset about it. Um, it's just going to be weird. It's So this is our first, like, empty nester Christmas. We're just going to be the two of us and the dog. And I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure how to react. Because that's that's the other reason we, we're doing the team presents. Because even though she's 27, she still wants to make sure she gets her Christmas gifts. So she and the boyfriend are coming over here on the 22nd and then leaving from here for Pennsylvania. Because, you know, she had to get her, she had to get her, uh, her gifts before she took off. That way, you know, but we don't have any way to compare now what she's, I, I don't think she's going to get the same amount in. Pennsylvania. I would hope not. Um, from the 414, started shopping, took three days off to shop and wrap. I'm with you. A gift even when it is I I I'm with you. A gift even when it is said I don't want anything. Yeah, you can't know any listen, anybody who believes that really needs to be institutionalized. If you believe your uh husband, wife, partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, then they go, you don't have to give me anything. Red flag. Yeah, oh, well, you're you're walking into a trap. You're going to you're falling into a tiger pit. There's no way that that's ever going to work. And I'm I'll be honest, I'm dumb in a lot of things. But that one, I've never been that dumb. Never, never. I would like to call her bluff on it one day though. <laughs> just, just go, "Hey, you told me not to get you anything." Yeah, but I thought, well, listen. You'll do that when you plan on being gone by yourself regardless from the 26th <laughs> until after the new year. <laughs> yeah. Your bags are I by do. the front door, and then you try that trick. Yeah, I got to go. Sorry. But you Plane's you leaving. Give me a present. I, I know. I know I could get you a present. Oh, well. Car's out front. <laughs> oh, look at the time. I got to go. See you in a week. Uh, all right. We got to take a quick break. And then, oh, my goodness. Um... Just uh, some weird political stuff this week that we want to get into, and uh, a whole lot more. It is WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Our text question of the night, have you started your Christmas shopping? And if so, are you done? The 262 says, haven't started shopping yet, getting nervous. Don't get nervous. It's only the 6th of December. You got plenty of time. That's the beauty of the internet. You can always, it's not like the old days when you used to have to go to the mall and, um, Matt, I'm guessing if you buy actual, if you buy gifts, you do most of your shopping online. Would I be correct? I'd say most, if not all. Yeah. See that's, and I, I love that. There's very, very few things like maybe if I have to pick something up at a store that I ordered online, but I would never dream of just going to uh, the mall or going to a big box store or whatever and shopping in person. I will shop their website and do it that way. But, oh, the days of having to go to the mall during the Christmas season, forget it. 
just crowds and it was always a million degrees and you're carrying your coat and people are pushing and shoving and nobody, you know, the size you need is the one size that's gone. It just, oh man, I don't miss that at all. Now all I worry about is I buy from reputable websites where I know the the stuff will be delivered. A couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, my daughter was panicked because one of the gifts she decided to get for my wife was my wife is a big Snoopy fan, and my daughter had found these car seat covers, and she ordered them, and it wasn't until after she paid for them that she realized they were supposed to be coming from China. And she ordered them about a month and a half before Christmas, and I think we got them on the 23rd, and she was panicked. So now I just go where I know I'm going to, where they're going to, they give me the delivery date, the expected delivery date window, and we go from there. That's uh, that's all. I Don't panic, though. Don't get nervous. You're fine. You, what you need to get nervous about is uh, this presidential race. And I don't know. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. Things are getting more and more bizarre. There's an, another Republican debate tonight, which is basically everybody going for second place because Donald Trump is still polling way ahead in all the all that for the Republican nomination. Uh, Ron DeSantis is going to be at this debate, too. For some reason, he debated uh, Gavin Newsom the other night for nothing, I guess. I don't know. Gavin Newsom just wanting to show that maybe he's a viable alternative if something were to happen. And now there's, you know, there's more worry on the Democratic side because President Biden the other day told a group of donors that if... Uh, Trump wasn't running, he'd pretty much be done. The quote was, if Trump wasn't running, I'm not sure I'd be running. Um, but we cannot let him win. He didn't elaborate on the thought process. Now, you remember back in 2020, he was not doing well, Joe Biden, in the beginning. And all of a sudden, he wins the nomination, and he wins the presidency. And uh, now everybody expects it because, quite frankly, the Democrats have no plan B. The, they, <laughs> they haven't... Uh, they haven't tried to bring anybody up and uh, groom anybody to take over the spot. The Republicans aren't worried about the vice president running, um, you know, and I don't really blame them. She's she doesn't she doesn't present as a really strong presidential candidate. So that's all going on. Then Donald Trump says he'd only be a dictator for one day. I don't think that's how dictatorships work. Uh, we haven't even got, what are we, five, six weeks away from the Iowa caucuses, and things are already so crazy. I I don't know how the next, uh, I don't know how uh, things are going to play out until November, but it is, it is not going to be uh, boring, I'll tell you that much. That is just, uh, I don't know. When, uh, so like, if I were the Democrats, or if I were the Republicans, all these Republicans who are saying they, they're not supportive of Donald Trump and these donors who are now, uh, you know, a couple of them are sending big money toward Nikki Haley. Uh, other people are trying to get somebody else instead of Trump. If I see this comment from Joe Biden, I'm like, well, we, we got to figure out a way to get somebody else as the nominee because if that's the case, maybe Biden will drop out and whoever they put up is not going to have the cachet of being an incumbent president, and as a Republican, then we could probably beat them. Now, I know a lot of people are figuring that Donald Trump can beat Joe Biden again. I don't know. 
I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I'll just say, I don't know. Who knows? None of us, none of us thought he would win the first time, or a lot of people didn't think he would win the first time, myself included, I'll, you know. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Can I be a dictator just for a day, Matt, if that is open? Would you mind if I came in here like a dictator? I'd only do it for one day. Let's reopen Nitopolis. Oh, yes. Nitopolis. And then instead of being instead of it being a democratic republic, it could be a benevolent dictatorship. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. And then just my cronies, of which you are one, uh, you'd run things, you'd handle bit you'd handle the business, see what's going on. We'd uh, we'd take over. I don't know how you can I don't know. Well, the full thing was he Trump was on with Sean Hannity, if you didn't see this, and he said Sean Hannity said, Well, you know, you've been talking about retaliation and taking on your your enemies, and would you be a dictator? And he said, no, 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 only for a day. Uh, I'd close the borders, and then we'd drill, drill, drill. Now he didn't say what was going to happen the second day, but there's been some there's been some thoughts about that. Uh, let's do uh, let's do this, and then there is more sad news in the entertainment world today. So we'll get to that after this. It's- we will get to the entertainment news, the sad entertainment news, on the other side of our news. Uh, also, if you are uh, like we are in the media business, some another troubling proclamation from someone who is supposedly in the inner circle of the former president, so we'll get to that as well. Uh, our text question of the night is, have you started your Christmas shopping, and if so, are you done uh, 414, I'm from Ireland and bought a lot of gifts at O'Malley's Foods on Villet, Villet Street. Great shop. Well, welcome from Ireland. Ireland to Milwaukee. Very nice. Matt, do you have a lot to buy? Have you started yet? I've gotten a lot of my gag gifts. I haven't gotten anything serious yet. Ooh, who do you give gag gifts to? Everybody? My family has a tradition where we do a gift grab thing, and part of it is to be as corny as possible. Oh, nice. And so uh, I have my gift from there, and then I got to okay. think about the serious ones uh, in the future. We'll see what happens, though. Well, good luck. All right, uh, let's, do, let's do this. Let's go to the WTMJ 24-Hour Breaking News Center and get some real news from a real newsman, Jack Grau. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made my hit parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Those were the days. And you know oh where you were girls and men were If you're of a certain age, you know that that is the theme song from All in the Family, an unbelievably groundbreaking program uh, that debuted in 1971, produced, developed, and all the writing supervised by Norman Lear, who passed away today at the age of 101. That seems, that just seems crazy, 101. Uh, But Norman Lear passed away. You know uh, him as a TV juggernaut. If you're around in the 70s, in the 80s, and uh, even in the last couple years when he helped produce live in front of a studio audience with Jimmy Kimmel, he did All in the Family and the Jeffersons, The Good Times, uh, The Facts of Life and Different Strokes. He he was working right up to the end, and um, so 
a, a big loss. Uh, his family said Norman lived a life of curiosity, tenacity, and empathy. He deeply loved our country and spent a lifetime helping preserve its founding ideals of justice and equality for all. He began his career in the earliest days of live television and discovered a passion for writing about the real lives of Americans, not a glossy ideal. At first, his ideals were met with closed doors and misunderstandings. However, he stuck to his conviction that the foolishness of the human condition made great television, and eventually he was heard. He also was a very big political activist um, for a lot of uh, different causes, which landed him on President Nixon's enemies list for a while. He, he was very proud of that. Uh, he was also labeled the number one enemy of the American family by Jerry Falwell and the Moral Majority. Because back, now you're way too young to remember this, uh, Matt, but I remember watching All in the Family when I was a kid. We didn't really, Maud was a little too advanced for me. I was too, a little too young for that. But uh, my mom and dad would watch All in the Family and I'd watch that too. And now looking back, of course, in the in the lens of 2023, when people don't understand satire and they don't understand a joke, they look back at some of the characters in Norman Lear's shows and they say, well, that's, you know, those characters are uh, stereotypical or they're racist or they're this. And yes, some of them were. Archie Bunker was a horrible, horrible racist. He was a bigot. He wasn't a racist because he had no power to really uh, change anything or affect anyone, but he was a bigot. But the part of the what made All in the Family a hit was that Archie always came out on the short end of the stick. He the the bigot never won, uh, and it presented a different kind of uh, family unit with the daughter and the son-in-law living in the same house. Uh, it was it was it was groundbreaking. If you go back now, I think you could still I think you'd still enjoy it. Maud was uh, kind of a spinoff of that. Maud, I think, was his cousin, Archie Bunker's cousin, and uh, she was a, a wild feminist at the time in the seventies when the ERA was being uh, being fought for, and there was talk of you know. One of the reasons I think Norman Lear got on the uh, the number one corrupter of the American family was because there was an episode of Maud about abortion, and there were they tackled real life things, and then it, then came Sanford and Son, which I don't remember. See again, I was young. I don't remember it tackling any social issues. I just remember it being funny. I remember Red Fox uh, wanted to put uh, Wanda's face in uh, dough to make some gorilla cookies. And um, Lionel, well, wait, Lionel was on the, Lionel was on the Jeffersons. I can't remember the name of the son on Sanford and Son, but the son, he was more politically active and more socially conscious, of course, than uh, Fred Sanford. Then Good Times came out in 1974, the Jeffersons, One Day at a Time, Hot El Baltimore, that was... When that came out, there was a big, big furor, uh, especially in like the Catholic Church. And I was going to Catholic grade school at the time. And it was, oh boy, they did not want you watching Hot Al Baltimore. So I never did. 
I never got to see Hot Out Baltimore. Then uh, the Nancy Walker Show, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. So many, so many things. He also, one of my favorite movies of all times, uh, he was the executive producer of The Princess Bride, executive producer of Fried Green Tomatoes, got nominated for an Academy Award for Best Screenplay for Divorce American Style. So uh, Norman Lear, a a powerhouse in the entertainment business, and if you were around for those decades, you were you were definitely watching Norman Lear because his shows, for the most part, especially the early ones, All in the Family, Maud, Sanford and Son, Good Times, The Jeffersons, One Day at a Time, those were big, big hits. Have you heard of any of those shows other than All in the Family? Jefferson, yeah. Sanford and Son, um, okay. Maud a tad. So, so I've good heard of times a few. with Valerie Bertinelli when she oh Valerie Bertinelli back in the back in those days that was my younger days uh, boy she was she was dreamy back then I was I was in uh, by the end of the run I was in high school I knew what the ladies were and Valerie Bertinelli was one of them then Eddie Van Halen swooped her up so I didn't get a chance very disheartening anyway we move on we deal with our we deal with our disappointment. And we head on. Oh, Fred's son was Lamont. Thank you, the four one four. I would have never, I would have never pulled Lamont. Uh, that one, I don't know why I couldn't remember it. But yes, Lionel was the Jeffersons' son, and uh, he and Meathead were friends. That's the Jeffersons was spun off of All in the Family, and um, so then George and Louise and Lionel they moved on up to the east side to a deluxe apartment in the sky. Um, and that was I, I like that show too. Sherman Hemsley was great uh, as George Jefferson, just so full of himself, and uh, because he was such a success, it was it was terrific. So there you have it, Norman Lear uh, gone. His work will live on forever. Uh, whether you enjoyed his uh, politics or not, oh well, um, that's the way it goes. Uh, he, uh, yeah, breaking in Stand By. He was, oh, he also produced Stand By Me. Because that's, I saw a quote from Jerry O'Connell today saying, oh, Norman Lear was responsible for Stand By Me. And uh, so he produced that in 1986. And then 1987, he produced The Princess Bride. And um, so those are probably the bigger movies that you would, uh, that you would recognize from him. All right, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, uh, if you are in the media... There's another reason to be paying very, very close attention to the next election and an unusual but I think very useful program that is being instituted in some schools. So we'll get to all of that because that's what we do on WTMJ Night. Oh, somebody, uh, we were talking about Norman Lear passing away. Somebody said, what about Chico and the Man with Jack Albertson and Freddie Prinz? Oh, that was ace. Uh, kind of funny. Valerie Bertinelli crush was on Elton John. Really? Okay. Uh, I don't know. Somebody asked if uh, if Norman Lear played a character on the Ropers. I don't know. Uh, we'll send our crack research team to do that. I am. Uh, I I'm always nervous, and and I don't remember this before the former administration, where reporters came under threat. Uh, we're jeered at gatherings. Uh, we were all called fake news. Everything was fake news. Uh, the uh, The unusual part was the only news that was fake news was news that was critical. 
anything that was not critical, that was legit news. So, I don't know, you could kind of begin to believe that if you didn't like the news, it was fake news. And if you liked the news, it was fine. And uh, that's kind of a juvenile way to look at things, but it was it, it caught the caught the zeitgeist of a lot of people. It was one of those things where people just glommed onto that and everything became fake news. And for some of us, using fake news sarcastically or ironically became a thing too, you know, just as kind of a, a slam to all the people who really believed that there was all this fake news. Now, am I, am I trying to say that there's no bias in news? No, there is. And should there be? No, there should be bias in opinion reporting or commentaries. But if you're delivering the facts, facts should speak for themselves. But now facts, unless they're facts that you like, are considered fake news. Well, journalists have another reason to worry because... According to a former Trump administration official who claims that he's still close to the former president, he said yesterday that a second Trump administration would target journalists and attempt to, quote, prosecute them for their crimes, end quote. Uh, I don't know what crimes they're talking about at this point, but I did, I did read on because that's what I'm supposed to do. And what we're all supposed to do is read past the headline. Um, so this is Cash Patel. He was a former advisor on the uh, National Security Council for Donald Trump. He also served as chief of staff to the Secretary of Defense. He said on a he was on a podcast, and there's nothing you know nothing wrong with that. But um, you know he was going off uh, off a question that said, hey, uh, you know, the former president has suggested several times, including recently, that he would weaponize the Justice Department against his political enemies. And uh, Patel said, quote, we will go out and find the conspirators, conspirators, not just in government, but in the media. Yes, we're going to come after the people in the media who lied about American citizens, who helped Joe Biden rig presidential elections. No proof. Uh, we're going to come after you, end quote. Then he went on. He said, whether it's criminally or civilly, we'll figure that out. But yeah, we're putting you all on notice. We're going to use the Constitution to prosecute them for crimes they said we have always been guilty of, but never have. That should scare everybody. It should worry you if you're in journalism. It should worry you if you're not. Because... Part of what has made this country great is freedom of the press. There are slander and libel laws in place. And if you can prove that you have been uh, a victim of those, whether by the spoken word or by the written word, there is recourse for you. But it worries me a lot to think of a country where the press can be arrested for a story that is critical, where a commentator voicing their opinion can be arrested and charged with a crime because they don't agree with the policies of whoever's in charge. 
if you look at countries that have that in place, they are not really happy places. And I know you can disagree with coverage. You can disagree with something we say here on WTMJ. Um, And if you notice, the news shows and the opinion shows are completely different. You know, we try to, uh, if you listen to Wisconsin's morning news or Wisconsin's afternoon news or the news broadcast at the top and bottom of the hour, that's news. Then if you listen to Jeff or Steve or uh, myself, we're giving... We're talking about the news and things in the news, but we're giving our opinions on it. And there's a big difference. But if in if this were to come to pass, we could we could all theoretically be arrested. Now the Trump campaign has said they uh they these kind of proclamations have nothing to do with them. They didn't though say whether uh Trump was considering the plans that were laid out in Patel's statements. So you know, listening to what he has been saying as his campaign has gone on, I would not be surprised if he uses uh, the Justice Department, you know, to act. He's told he's told his supporters he is their retribution. I don't know. This is interesting, though. Uh, so in California, there is a new law requiring K through 12 schools to add media literacy to the curriculum with lessons about recognizing fake news. And by this, they're, they're saying, look, there's a lot of stuff on social media, a lot of stuff on the web. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of misinformation going out there. And if we're going to, you know, older people, they didn't come of age in this stuff, so it's a little harder for some people to spot fake news. And the, the fake stuff is getting, the the misinformation stories are getting more and more realistic. So the bill's sponsor said, quote, I've seen the impact that misinformation has had on the real world, how it affects the way people vote, whether they accept the outcomes of elections, try to overthrow our democracy, this is about making sure our young people have the skills they need to navigate this landscape. The new law comes amid rising public distrust in the media, especially among young people. And listen, I'm not saying that these kind of things are going to make young people trust the media. Matt, you're a young person. Do you trust the media? Yes. All right, well, you're getting paid by the media. You're just a shill for uh, for the corporate media. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding, of course. But um, I think I... I'm much more skeptical about what I read and uh, the news that I consume now than I was 10 years ago, uh, partly because of what I do for a living and partly because I know that there's stuff being planted by both sides, all kinds of stories. You have to be really cognizant of what's out there and how to spot it. And I think I think this is great. I think we need to train our kids to be savvy consumers of information because it's not going to get any easier and these kind of things are not going away. So why not, you know, a couple times a week, like they have music or art, uh, a couple times a week they have media literacy. And you can start, you know, you can start in kindergarten teaching media literacy because, trust me, kindergarten kids are on their iPads and ads are popping up or stories are popping up and so you can you can teach them with very simple ideas 
and then as you know you get into middle school and high school the ideas can become more complex and it's a great way for us to hopefully get a more informed and educated electorate from the people you know who are coming up behind us on the other side of the news we're going to switch gear. We're going 180 degrees in the opposite direction. We are going from politics and media consumption and whether the media can be trusted to whether we can believe our own eyes because a month ago we you know, were thinking that perhaps the Packers, well, they'll be going for a draft pick because it wasn't looking very good. And now, a month later, what? Things are looking good. Uh, Brandon Snide will join us, and we will talk Tundra Talk, as we do when we can. Uh, big, oh man, big win the other day. So a lot to talk about with uh, Brandon Snide, and we'll do that. Uh, let's let's do this. We'll take care of business. We'll come back. We'll have the news. we got a lot to do. It's WTMJ Nights. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talking text line. I want to hear from you about uh, this because sometimes I say things that uh, I know are kind of old-fashioned, but I've heard them my entire life whether from my grandparents or my parents, and now I'm saying them, and my daughter will look at me or uh, kids at school will look at me like I'm speaking some foreign language. And I know I'm speaking English. I'm just using, uh, for lack of a better term, old people phrases. You know, something that you heard growing up, and now you think about it and you go, well, well these don't really make sense or they sound kind of silly. And then you find that you you may still be using them. For example, like Matt, if I were to say to you, "You're the bee's knees," what do you think? Uh, what do you think that would mean? That my knees are swollen. No, <laughs> it means you're a cool cat, man. You're the bee's knees. That'd you're be top swell. Notch. Yeah, you're swell. You're uh, you know, you're as the kids would say now, you're fire. So. The bee's knees has just evolved into fire. Um, don't count your chickens before they hatch is one. I I don't use that too much, but every once in a while I will. If, uh, you know, if I'm trying, if, if something's coming along and I, I'm not sure, uh, you know, I don't count my chickens before they hatched. Uh, you spilled the beans. You know what that means, right? Dumped a secret. Gave the yeah, gave up the secret. But that's, you know, a lot of people don't say that anymore. That's, uh, it's, an, it's an old people phrase. Now, I told you I was going to talk about this, and um, you started coming up with a whole list, and I, I told you, hang on a little bit. Slow your roll, Jackson, which may be another old people phrase. Slow your roll. Uh, what do you what do you got, Matt? Some, some of the, maybe your parents, your grandparents, uh the host you work with, some old, some old timey guy that you that you talk to a few times a week, has said, and you went, "Oh man, that is definitely an old people phrase." The phrase, "Oh my goodness," 
That would yes. be the top of my list. Okay. Vim, Vigor. I already said Swell. Yes. I feel like I'm on Family Feud right now. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything I else. I like when people have Vim and Vigor. I'll say that to the PE classes, to the kids. I go, come on, guys. We got a little, you're going to be full of Vim and Vigor. And they look at me like, we're full of Cheerios and, you know, juice. But, uh, all right, how about uh, The Proof is in the Pudding? You ever heard that one? Once in a Blue Moon. Oh, oh, oh nice. Nice. Uh, I Love You, A Bushel and a Peck. Isn't that a song? Uh, it is a song. It's, it's in a song. It may, be, it may be its own song. It's also uh, an, old, an old people saying. Speak of the devil. I use that one a that's lot. That's modern. I wouldn't say that that's an old person phrase. It's, yeah, it's, it's stood the test of time for yes. sure. It has stood the test. So has uh, he kicked the bucket or time to bite the bullet. Those are still, well, maybe not bite the bullet, but we can't talk about bullets anymore. But kick the bucket, we still say people kick the bucket, don't we? I'd say bite the bullet is increased in popularity. Oh really? All right. See, yeah. That's why I don't talk to people. Um, I do, you know, I don't. I don't hear what they have to say. Uh, finer than finer than frog hair. Never heard of that one. Really? Okay. That's a. That's kind of a uh, more of a southern or country colloquialism, but I've uh, I've heard it. I don't think I've ever used it. Uh, Saved by the bell. We've all used that one. Oh yeah. Two peas in a pod. Use that one. Uh, I used to ask my daughter when she'd go outside and leave the door open. Say, were you born in a barn? A lot of people say that still. Um, I, I, I like the bees. I still say, and it's only to people who I know will get it. Uh, but I still say bees knees. I, there's just something about it that nobody says it. And I love to, uh, I love to say it. Heavens to Betsy kind of goes with your oh my gosh, Matt, as the that kind of thing. Uh, Jim in Port Washington says, engage mind before putting mouth in gear. Um, oh, somebody I was gonna say somebody coming coming back with a uh coming back on a topic we did a, a long ago. Um what I'm I missed what you said to me, Matt. We're going to have a caller in just a few minutes. Burn the hand is worth two in the bush. That's a good one. That is a good one. Um, Kill two birds with one stone. That's another oldie. Maybe strike while the iron is hot. I'll say even a broken clock is right twice a day. That's true. That's true. Unless I, I still... But... What if it's broken and it's broken five minutes fast? Is it still broken? Well, yeah, you just said it was broken. Wouldn't it be a stop clock? Oh, a stop clock is right. Okay, a stop clock is right twice a day. I guess either way. What are you, splitting, splitting those fine frog hairs? I don't know. <laughs> Rolling Stone gathers no moss? Maybe. I like that one? Daylight and a dollar short. I've used that before. Um, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I'm, I, I realize looking at these that I am much older than I, sometimes I allow myself to admit. 
Uh, share and share alike, I do. Bless your heart. Now, now bless your heart. That's a southern they still, one. They still use that in the south, oh, and yeah. it doesn't mean something nice. No. If if somebody tells you bless your heart in the south, they're uh, you got problems. Yeah, yeah. They're they're pretty much telling you to go pound sand, which is another old people phrase that I use all the time. <laughs> go pound sand. You tell your gym class to pound sand. I tell everybody to pound sand because I can't really tell them to, uh, you know, I can't pull an Elon Musk on them and talk to talk to them like he talks to his advertisers. No, that's not so, good. No. So I have to just tell people to pound sand. Uh, you know, it's uh, well, it doesn't cut the mustard. Now, that one comes under that that comes under debate a lot. Is it cut the mustard or cut the muster? You can't cut mustard. Uh, you could spread mustard, but that's not cutting it. I know, but what about what if you cut the muster? That's when you when they muster in the in the military, they're all coming together. So I don't know how you would cut the muster either. Uh, bought the farm from the two six nine. That goes with kick the bucket and uh, from the six zero eight a can of worms. You can open a can of worms. It's like a can of something else. Um, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. My dad used to say that all the time if my brothers and I were whining about something or fighting about something. You're making a mountain out of a molehill. How many times do we judge a book by its cover? Or get something that doesn't amount to a hill of beans? All those things. Let's take a quick break. If you have some old people phrases that you heard growing up, maybe you're still using them. Jump in. we got a lot to get to, and uh, we'll do it after this. It's WTMJ Nights. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. I love you, a bushel and a peck, a bushel and a peck, and a hug around the neck. A yes, a bushel and a peck. Old people phrases. You heard them when you were growing up, your grandparents, your parents. Now maybe you're using them on your own. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank Talk and text line. Uh, Andrew has been hanging on. He's in Sussex. Hi, Andrew. Good evening. Yeah, when my grandfather, when we were always visiting, when we were leaving, he would always say, come again when you can't stay so long. <laughs> Do you ever use that I'm now? I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, I have. There, there have been occasions where I've used it. And then uh, another one that, you know, like when we were, Picking worms before going up north for uh, for um, over the summer, uh, he'd say "siggy siggy molly molly chop chop" when we're trying to pick the worms out of the grass. <laughs> Meaning, hurry up! It sounds like Grandpa had quite a quite a lot of colorful sayings. He did. He was a Schlitz brewery worker, and yeah, God rest his soul. There you go. Well, Andrew, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Um, this one definitely. This is a Minnesota-Wisconsin one. Maybe, uh, yeah, I'm going to say, don't you know, the 269. Oh, don't, don't you, you know? know now, eh? Don't you know, eh? Uh, even a blind squirrel finds a nut, that from the 414. Don't cry over spilled milk. Yes, I people still say that. All right, here's, a, here's an answer to our question from the 414. Thank you. Uh, Matt, you can cut mustard. When you harvest it, you have to cut it. Mm. Yes. So, um, there you go. So to speak, 
from the 269. The 262, your voice has changed, but your breath smells the same. That's for when you uh, when you break the wind. Uh, penny saved is a penny earned and going to hell in a handbasket. I still say everything's going to hell in a handbasket uh, because, well, it is. Uh, out behind the woodshed from the 269. And uh, let's see. Oh, that's the same one. Hell in the handbasket and penny saved is penny earned. So, yeah, it's there's a lot of... Uh, some of those old sayings need to make a comeback. Now, here's what the... Uh, I'm trying to think. There's there, Goodness gracious, you, that's the one you said before, Matt. And um, there's... There's some like that that my wife will still say. Oh, she, cool beans. She no, says no, no. Yeah, but that's something. I I mean, I heard uh, I heard her her family's from Michigan, and I don't know if it's a Michigan thing. They all said that. Everybody in her family said cool beans. And I was like, all right. Uh, I like not the sharpest peanut in the candy bar. If I'm not in a work environment with the friends, I substitute candy bar with another term. Oh, all right. Um, I always go with not the uh, brightest light in the marquee, not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Sharpest tool in the shed, brightest star in the sky. Yep. So there's all of those. Make hay while the sun shines. So there you go. Just uh, something fun. We have, oh, my goodness, so many things to get to. I'm not sure where to start, but let's go from old phrases to a new word. We'll do that after this on WTMJ Nights. Oh, we're going to switch it up then. I know what we're... Uh, with that bump, I got to switch the... Uh, I got to switch the story because this is very, very exciting. Taylor Swift in the news again. Not because she was at Lambeau when the Packers beat the Chiefs. Not because she is... Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey's girlfriend, not because she has the Eras Tour, which grossed $2.2 billion in North America, not because she has the biggest movie on the planet, but because Taylor Swift has been named Times Person of the Year. Yes, sirree, Bob. There's an old person saying right there. Uh, yes, sirree, Bob. She has joined, or she beat out Barbie and King Charles III to become Time Magazine's Person of the Year. That's a Time low bar. Her, what's, uh, it's, uh, no, come on. A low bar. The Barbie movie still has its streaming. I'm going to see it as soon as it streams, but I'm not going there. Beating out Prince Charles, yeah, or King Charles now. Um, every time I say King Charles, I think of a Spaniel. So it's hard. But no, King beating out King Charles, that's not uh, that's not tough. Barbie, uh, Barbie's in the running. I don't know who else could have been person of the year this year other than Taylor Swift. She's everywhere. She dominates the media. She's a global sensation. She's taken over the NFL. She's uh, causing more people to register to vote than anybody else on the planet. So they say her popularity has grown across decades. Uh, this is the year that Taylor Swift achieved a kind of nuclear fusion, shooting art and commerce together to release an energy of historic force, end quote. Wow, Time Magazine. That's, that seems a little hyperbolic, but I'm, uh, I'm good with it. She was selected because she found a way to give people around the world hope in some seriously dark times. 
Uh, in the profile that Time wrote on her, they said, no one else on the planet can move so many people so well. She, If she wanted to turn evil, she could uh, turn her forces. She could turn the Swifties into an evil army. Wouldn't you agree, Matt? Taylor has that kind of sway. She does have that kind of power. She does. She could... Taylor, is there anything Taylor Swift can't do? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, she said, achieving the feat, or time said, achieving this feat is something we often chalk up to the alignments of planets and fates, but giving too much credit to the stars ignores her skill and her power. Boy, somebody at Time Magazine is a hundred, hundred percent Swifty. They but here's what you got to think about. And I just did a cursory look. Yes. She is the first individual to win Time Person of the Year being a musician. Really? The only other what? music group that was either won it or was a part of a group to win it was U2 back in 2005. Okay, I was going to say Springsteen, but he wasn't. He was His thing was he was simultaneously on Time and Newsweek's covers. Yes. He wasn't Time's Person of the Year. But he was on both covers at the same time. Really? So it was U2, who was a group, and then Taylor Swift. Those are the only musicians who have been Time's People of the Year? Based on the cursory look I saw, but also the thing with U2 is it was a part of the 2005 Live 8 concerts. Bill Gates was also, and Melinda as well, they were also a part of that group. So Taylor Swift is making history in this regard. And if you look at this list there are a lot of politicians a lot of oh, yeah. rich people those are the type of people that make this cut well taylor's listen taylor swift is global domination i said it before i'll say it again she what are they gonna do they're gonna pick another politician we, we're all sick of politicians time time needs to one sell magazines or subscriptions to the website this is a thousand percent a way to do it this is a great a great move for them because all the Swifties are going to want to read the profile about uh, their heroine when it comes out because she spills a little, oh, she drops some inside info on when she and uh, Travis Kelsey actually started dating. Uh, she also talks about whether she knew anything about football. Does she know that she's being shown at the games? She doesn't know. Uh, she said, quote, I have no awareness of if I'm being shown too much and upsetting uh, a few dads, brads, and chads. She knows how to rhyme, so that's good. But yeah, are you, uh, where do you come down on this, Matt? You seem a little, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I try to gauge when we talk about Taylor Swift if you're, uh, if you're a hater going to hate, 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 hate. I wouldn't say the haters are going to hate, hate, hate. Faker, I might be a faker and I'm going to fake, fake, fake. All right. Because here's the thing. The Swifties are getting to a point where it's like, and as an NFL guy, I'm just waiting until the Chiefs make the Super Bowl. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. I'm sorry. And we see what happens there because that's the ultimate climax. You have the Super Bowl in the entertainment capital of the world, Las Vegas. Right. And you're bringing in this outside audience that otherwise probably wouldn't be engaged to the Super Bowl. And I like... Yeah, but the Super Bowl isn't a fair thing to say that about because every year at part Super Bowl parties, there's 
thousands of people who oh, don't yeah. really care about football that go and watch the Super Bowl. But you're also looking at having a rooting interest because I think that everybody is going to be, or I shouldn't say everybody, but people who support Taylor Swift are going to be cheering for the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. So it'll be interesting. I like watching from the outside. I'm not pro nor anti Taylor Swift. It's wait and see. I haven't made my decision. Wow. I'm, I, She's a good musician. When you say that, I wonder what kind of evidence you're waiting for. What are, what are the criteria musician. that you're going to put to use? She's a good musician, but I'm also not the biggest Travis Kelsey fan. He's, okay. I've warmed up to him a little bit since he started getting all those endorsements, but <laughs> as someone who supports offensive linemen, it's not like Jason and Travis are in opposite teams, but... Right. I don't feel like Jason's getting enough love, and this isn't making life any easier for him. Well, Jason's got a... Uh, oh, no, he didn't win the Super Bowl. His brother did. Was he on there when Philly won? Yes, he was. Doesn't he have a Super Bowl ring? Super Bowl 52 in Minnesota yeah. over New England. Yeah. All right. So he's, you know, he's got his ring. He's got his thing. Uh, and listen, I know you said offensive linemen. Uh, don't tight ends line up on the line? Yeah, but when was the last time Travis Kelsey blocked somebody? Ooh, now so it's not Taylor Swift that has you uh, has you riled up. It might be a Travis Kelsey thing. It may be. It may be. All right, all right. This is this is interesting because I I was like I said I was wondering what you were going to use as criteria to decide if Taylor Swift was worthy or not. I'll come back with a rubric and we'll uh, do a little grading. All right. Um, somebody said somebody are taking umbrage with you talking about the Chiefs. Two six two. I don't believe the Chiefs will make the, make it to the Super Bowl. I think the Ravens are the best team in the AFC. Your retort, Matt. My retort is the NFL and looking at this past week's game between the Packers and the Chiefs. <laughs> there were calls on both sides. The one thing that I personally learned, and that I'm sure a lot of people learned, is that it's very easy for the league to take control of the outcome every single year Patrick Mahomes Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs wind up somewhere near the Super Bowl who would the NFL rather have in Vegas the boyfriend of Time Magazine's person of the year <laughs> or the Baltimore Ravens the only way that the Ravens make it is if they have a rematch against the 49ers which is likely but I just don't see it I hate to put that thought into people's minds, but sometimes that's just wow. the reality of the situation. You and the Kennedy assassination concert, uh, conspiracy theorists getting together. So are you saying then that the league is corrupting the officials at these games, at certain games? Is that what, is that what we are to believe from your statements? I'm not saying the officials are corrupt. I'm just saying, and it's been obvious. Well, then how can the league... If the league doesn't, hasn't corrupted the officials, how can they be affecting the outcomes of the games? It's been obvious that the influence, I think you're, yeah, I misunderstood what you said. The influence of the league is definitely impacting the calls that are made on the field. Ah, you right. look at the Chiefs, they get some calls. You look at the Packers back when Aaron Rodgers was in town. There were some calls that went their way that wouldn't have gone ways of other teams. You look at the Philadelphia Eagles, same thing. 
And the NFL, technically on the books, can do that. That is legal due to the nature of the business. I don't have the paperwork in front of me, but the NFL and the NBA are the two leagues that can technically rig a game similar to what we'd see in professional wrestling. We don't see it, but it technically can happen. Wow. You are you are calling into question our entire fabric of society. We live in a society. We must act as if we're in a society or a civilized way. All right. Wow. All right. Well, listen, we'll see if this plays out. Talk to us in a couple weeks and see if Matt's conspiracy plays out. What are what would the league have to do now if the you know what if the Chiefs drop a couple more games? They're still going to get in the playoffs, and then what? Then how? Then oh, then I want to hear once the playoffs start. I want to hear how the league is uh, how the league is manipulating things. It, it'll be interesting to see. We'll have to wait right. and take a look, but we will. the AFC North's a mess right now. Without. Three of the four teams don't have a starting quarterback. And so, who knows? The sports world is wild right now, from college to pro <laughs> sports. Uh, we're not going to get into that too much, but it's it. just a mess. It is a mess. But all we know right now is Taylor Swift is the Times Person of the Year. And could we be happier? Normally, I don't care about who the Person of the Year is. Quite frankly, I didn't care till I heard this, and I was like, oh, Okay, this makes sense. She she dominated everything this year, so good for her. Now, uh, Matt, are you saying? Are you saying that if the Kansas City Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl, do you think there will be a change in the halftime show? Not on the books. Hmm. There will be a surprise appearance. Oh my! That's what I think, and National that's how anthem. You think maybe? Maybe, I don't know if it'll be the National Anthem, if it'll be America the Beautiful, but I think that Taylor Swift, I think regardless, is going to make an appearance at the Super Bowl. You saw what she was able to do for the Packers a game. A performance or an appearance? Because she'll go if they're in the game. You know she'll go to the game. But I think the NFL has enough pull to wear. And forget Travis Kelsey. This has nothing to do with the, if the Chiefs are in the game or if they're not in the game. The NFL has enough pull that she'll be able to go there and leave so fast. Like I said, we saw what she was able to do in Green Bay. She was in Green Bay for, what, six hours? Yeah. I think the NFL has the money to make her either a part of Usher's show or she has a national oh, anthem. She, no, stop. Stop right there we'll with your see. craziness. We shall see. She's not going to be part of anybody's show. We shall see. All right. They're not going to kick see. Usher to the curb, but Taylor Swift, we'll, we'll see what happens in February, yeah. but I think the odds are higher than what they were when the season started that Taylor Swift will be singing in some way, shape, or form on Super Bowl Sunday at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. I will give you that. I will guarantee it. I will, I will Joe Namath make a guarantee that it is not happening during somebody else's performance. Taylor Swift is solo. Whatever whatever she may or may not do, it's going to be on her own. Not a chance she's sharing that stage with anybody else. All right, listen, we're making hot takes and prognostications. 
we're uh, you know we're using big words, and there is another big word on the forefront of a lot of people's minds, especially the Oxford University Dictionary. We'll talk about that after this. It's WTMJ. It is WTMJ Nights. Yes, we're having an entire show tonight. What do you think of that? We're having fun. It is, uh, we're here till 9 o'clock. Matt, you got to help me out. Oh, thank you. Yes, it's very exciting. Um, This is a word I don't know. And yet the Oxford University Dictionary, Oxford University Press, rather, has named this the word of the year for 2023. The word is riz. Do you do you know what that means, Matt? Oh yes, I do. Good. You are a young person. I figured you would. Uh, can you please educate me? So riz. I'm trying to put this in context. Confidence. And remember, you're talking to the aged. Confidence would be the best synonym I could come up with. Okay. Specifically in the context of relationships, think of a bar scene. Yeah. You got to have a lot of riz in order to make a certain move. Okay. It's it's like swagger? Swagger. Confidence. That would be the old people phrase that I would equate to this young person phrase. Swagger. (laughs) He's got a lot of swagger. He's got a lot of gumption, that kid. That kid's got a lot of gumption to approach that young lady. Oh yeah. So Riz, and then it's also did it come from something else? Is it? I don't like know. From charisma, maybe. But then it's not just the oh that guy's got a lot of confidence going up to that woman. It's the process after that. So is it like game? Yeah, I'd say game would be the. You put confidence plus game equals Riz. That's your math equation. Wow. All right. Confidence plus game equals Riz. And from what I've been reading, it started on TikTok, as all as all things do. Is that would that be? Uh, that would make sense. Okay. And the word Riz has more than thirty six billion views on TikTok. Uh, it's also frequently used in phrases like Riz God or Riz King. To describe a person who is exceedingly charming or persuasive. Yep. So that goes with what you were saying. What would I need? What would I need to be considered a Riz God? <laughs> <laughs> I'm charming and persuasive. Hey, they're different. I would yeah. like you to recut the open. And now here's your Riz God, Brian, Brian Noonan. Noonan. <laughs> oh man, we got to do that. That would be hilarious. And everybody went, what? Did he just say he's God? No, no. <laughs> I did not say I'm God. I said I'm a Riz God. People go, what is he? What? what? What's going on? Uh, we were talking about Taylor Swift a few minutes ago. Riz beat out words like Swifty um, and Beige Flag. Oh, not the, defined, be- not the Beige Flags again. We've, we've talked about Beige Flags before, but Riz beat Beige Flag out. Good. Um also, de-influencing. So Riz, Riz came out on top, beating out a lot of a lot of big words to become the uh, Oxford University Press Word of 2023. It enlisted the public's health to choose the word. 
They selected eight words total and gave people on social media the opportunity to then narrow down the top contender via head-to-head matchup. So it was a bracket battle. And Riz Let's just comes say out it, on top. It Riz its way through. It sure did. I think Riz is a Riz god. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty good. They, I'm reading that the word gained notoriety after a TikTok creator made a video with commentary about a, the youth football player Baby Grunk um, meeting with Louisiana State University gymnast Livy Dunn. Oh, I know who Livy Dunn is. <laughs> but only after she turned 21. I didn't uh, know her before that. But uh, she, so the quote was, Livy just convinced Baby Grock to commit to LSU. Livy rizzed him up. Oh, man. Now, see, right there, I'm not sure. I guess I guess you can use Riz. You could use Riz in multiple contexts. And it could be a noun or a, or an adjective or a verb, I guess, from what I'm getting here. Yeah, the last time I paid attention to parts of speech was, you know, I, people were using the word swell and vim, but <laughs> yeah. Well, an, adju- an adjective is a word that describes something. Let me write that down. A noun is a person, place, or thing. Let me let me write that down. A verb is an action word. I don't even know if those are taught in schools nowadays. Yeah, they are. Uh, yeah, they are. They are. We still teach parts of speech. It could be used. It would be a verb. Well, if I riz somebody up, that's a verb. If, if you I have, have limited riz, riz, that's a noun. And if I am a riz king, riz king, that's an adjective. Could Risley also be an adverb? Wow. Yeah, but how would you use that in a sentence, Risley? It would be redundant because you have to say, I Risley, nah, that wouldn't make sense. (laughs) You'd say, I Risley persuaded Gronk to go to LSU. All right. I don't think we're there yet. Yeah, I don't think we've got, well, listen, I'm guessing a lot of TikTokers are not big on adverbs. You know, that was usually less than five or six in parts of speech. Yeah. Yeah. Adverbs it comes later. Uh, I'm sorry. I had to laugh because I had to laugh at one of the texts uh, from the 608 hanging out the Rockefeller brothers putting on the Riz. <laughs> putting on the Ritz. But, but I loved it. I laughed out loud. Oh, somebody said, I'm putting on the Riz. I don't know what the. Is that good? It, maybe. But again, I would like to please, uh, from from here on out, to be referred to only as a Riz God. The Riz God, Brian Noonan. Mark Riz it down. God. Riz God Knights on <laughs> WTMJ. <laughs> What's this new show on the schedule, Riz God? Who is, it reminds me of, so my wife works at, I said before, she works at a big law firm. And uh, you're familiar with Chance the Rapper. Man, oh, yeah, you know, Chicago guy. Sure, Chance the Rapper. Well, my wife, um, you know, my wife knew who he was, but she, they were, somebody had gone, like gone on break, and they were like, we've got some guests coming in. Will you please go up to the desk and just wait till they get here? And so the guest was Chance the Rapper, and my wife has to greet him, and she was like, I didn't know what to call him. I, should I call him Mr. Rapper? Should I call him Mr. Mr. Bennett? Chance? <laughs> yes, I don't think she knew his real name. <laughs> so I was like, what did you do? She said, oh, I just said, hello, it's nice to see you. Come on in. <laughs> All right, hello, well, Mr. Safe. The Rapper? 
Mr. The Rapper. Well, that was it. Should I call him Mr. Rapper? I'm like, I don't think so. No. I don't, I don't think he goes by Mr. The Rapper. <laughs> Got to go with something else. Uh, so, yeah, Riz is, Riz is the word. Before that, Grease is the To me, Grease is the word. But, uh, you know, that's because, again, uh, that's an old people phrase. Somebody goes, what's the word? Grease. Uh, oh, sounds like a cracker. It does sound like a cracker, 262. I love a good Riz cracker. <laughs> I wonder if that's, oh. That's a Super Bowl commercial. That is a Super Bowl commercial. Maybe uh, maybe Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey putting out uh, a nice Oh, man, that's board. the third quarter commercial right after the halftime show? That's right. Now, not to dwell on this for too much longer, but that would be the <laughs> one is, reason. Wait a minute. Is the league also selling? The, the league is also dictating? It could be, but that could be the one reason why Travis is not in the Super Bowl, because they want Travis Kelsey to be available for the halftime show. And to do that, you can't play in the game. Okay. So maybe they keep the Chiefs out. So there's something <laughs> with the two. I'm like I don't know. It's this all a story. Is, I, it's going to be a movie. I love it. You are getting deeper and deeper. And this is I'm I'm enjoying the the sound of the shovel digging into the conspiratorial dirt to uh, to dig this hole. It's very very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, I would say you're. Uh, hmm, are you rising up? Are you rising up some conspiracy theories? Are you? Uh, huh, I, we got to figure out how to use it. Who knows? Um, they said our language expert chose Riz as an interesting example of how language can be formed, shaped, and shared with communities. All right. Well, let's go put on the Riz and. Uh, no, Rizzo, Rizzo was in Greece. Greece is the word. It all ties together. We're going to do this. Then there's more. It's WTMJ Nights. All right. I know that uh, I am, I try very hard to stay up to date and current and not sound like I don't know what's happening. Uh, you know, like I've, I, I, I don't stand on my lawn and scream at the clouds. That's why I count on Matt and Tommy to help me out. So imagine my shock when I throw a break and I immediately get a text from one Tommy Wirtz who says to me, I don't think you've used Riz correctly in one sentence. Um, so we got Tommy on the line. Uh, you guys are supposed to help me not sound like an old man. I don't know what's going on. Tommy, hello. Um, none of those, none of my uses of Riz was correct. And Matt didn't correct uh, me, or do you think Matt is working against me? Like the league, like the NFL is working against uh, everybody but the Chiefs. Okay, well, I didn't hear most of the segment. I popped my car in, just getting out of work, and I hear, I'm assuming we're talking about Riz being named the word of the year, right? That's you why assume we got correctly. This topic. You are correct. Okay, um, so Riz, it, uh, it's best explained, I guess, as game if you would it is having some game preferably or i guess more often than when you're talking to a person to try to advance a relationship if you would out in public you see a girl you might like you go put on some riz go riz a little bit go spit some game if you would there (laughs) that is my my connotation of the word riz and i think that's what most people would 
assume it to be my age as well. It's all well. Matt had a good. Matt you, had Tommy a good and I did not equation. text before the what show. What was your equation, Matt? I forgot what my equation because it was something plus game. Was it confidence, confidence plus, plus game? game plus moxie. Uh, it was an old person word I used in there. Oh, um, swagger. Swagger. Swagger plus game equals uh, Riz. Would that? Uh, would I you concur swagger, with that, Tom? I think swagger would be in the thesaurus of of Riz. I think swagger is a good way to put it. Kind of like All moxie right. better. I feel like moxie was a good word for it, but I don't think you Riz ideas. As you were trying to, uh, was I rising an idea? Uh, tell everyone. Well, you're, well, listen. I was I like going from what I was reading. Coming up with. <laughs> no, I was reading some of this I, stuff, and they were like, uh, Riz, "I do want to be called a Riz God from now on." So I, I would expect yeah, that Friday night when we work together, I want to be. Uh, you know, I don't know what it takes to be a Riz God, but are, I'm sure I can. You are. I'm sure when you had Mrs. Newton, you were a Riz God before you had her trying to get her and woo her to be uh, the next Miss, Mrs. Brian Noonan. Well, the only. I wish. <laughs> it's not like I've had a string yeah. of them. <laughs> the newest. I was, the newest. I was yes. a very short-term Riz God. My reign, my reign as Riz King was very short-lived. Oh, man. Uh, this All right. is going to be a tough one on Friday. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a little gonna insane. It's going to be an interesting shift. <laughs> well, thank you for uh, thank you for joining us and jumping in. I will talk to you on Friday. We must say goodbye now because I have to go uh, riz up my my uh, my honey and see if see if I still have any sort of either moxie, swagger, game, or if I'm just going to go downstairs have something to eat and fall asleep in the big chair. That's what I get to look forward to after all my Riz game. That's what I'm That's hoping right. for. All right, thanks, Brian. All right, Tommy, we'll talk to you Friday. Matt, thank you for all your help. We will talk to you next week. I will be tomorrow, uh, just so you know, there is a uh, there's a Bucks game out of the tournament. So uh, everything's changing tomorrow afternoon. I'll be back Friday night at 7. We'll talk to you then. Have a wonderful night. Thanks for listening. It's WTMJ.